Hello, Waterloo Road superfans. It is Tom, your podcast host, just popping in before the main podcast to do some Patreon shout-outs. This is the time where I say thank you to all of you who have shelled out your hard-earned cash during, it must be said, a very difficult time uh, in order to support this podcast, which we started um, in lockdown and never thought we'd still be doing 35-odd episodes later and still be in lockdown. Um, but here we are. So thank you very much to you, to the Patreons. Thank you to Evan Francis. Thank you to Matthew Kumar. Thank you to Georgia Leah, a.k.a. the Avocado Bath, on both Instagram and TikTok. Thank you to Eliza, who is at Waterloo Road Iconic, on both Instagram and Twitter. And thank you to Tom Percival. It has been great to see so many of you subscribe, and so many of you, quite frankly, continue to subscribe, which is the thing we still can't quite believe. If you would like to subscribe to the Patreon and you don't already, all you need to do is go to patreon.com slash waterlooroadpod, choose your membership tier, and you will have access to several exclusive episodes. We drop a new one every month. Also, extended versions of our interview podcasts featuring quickfire Q&As with the stars. If that's something you'd be interested in, patreon.com slash waterlooroadpod. Thank you to the Patreons. Thank you to any of you who decide to subscribe. And without any further ado, let's get on with the podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everything From Nothing, the Waterloo Road podcast. I am your Waterloo Road superfan, uh, Tom Beasley, although this week saying that's a bit of a struggle. Um, I want to say, like, for our series three, how how easy have you found it to say that you're a Waterloo Road super fan? I'm a Waterloo Road super fan. Now let's do an hour trashing it. Let's go. <laughs> no, I, I, I see even at its worst ebbs, and this is a bad ebb this week, I, I do still enjoy watching it. Like yeah. sometimes I do pause it to like check some music or write a note and I'll go, really? That's only 20 minutes through the episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I paused it at this point and I was in this episode. And I was like, oh my God, there's still so much left to go. Um, but no, I, think, I do broadly still enjoy it. The thing, the thing for me, these past couple of weeks in particular, is I spent a great deal of this week. I, I binge watched all of the Netflix series and the sex education in two days. And it is brilliant. It is utterly, utterly brilliant. And then, so my next taste of school-based drama is Waterloo Road. <laughs> and it's, it's a push. It's cracking stuff. So the episode begins with uh, Darren Senior, Martin Platt, uh, bringing some flowers for Davina, who um, kind of lets him down gently when he asks her out. I think she, you know... I think she makes it fairly clear that she's not interested. Yeah. How many times did teachers at your school ever get given flowers? Like just no. random flowers for Amaya's. I know like Davina is a goddess, <laughs> but still it just feels like so much of her storylines have involved random people giving her flowers yes. while she's on school premises. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was her crazy friend, Tracy, remember? <laughs> oh yeah. Her crazy friend, Tracy. <laughs> also, I'm trying to remember the kind of plot for this episode where you have a teacher, like, a teacher who's helped a student and then the dad of that student takes an interest. Yeah, Has, we did. We did that one. Yeah, we did. We ran that through with Kim and um, Holiday Granger, uh, her yeah. dad. It wasn't right. quite as aggressive as this one gets. No, no, that was quite. But I remember that one was quite silly 
for how because yeah, that, that one the student had caused it yeah but like that it happens in like a day and kim treats it like it's the end of romeo and juliet when they say goodbye to one another <laughs> Whereas this, because of Waterloo Road's flippant relationship with time and space, yeah, we are led to believe has happened over a couple of like weeks yeah, and stuff. That's it. We're we first met Darren in the last episode, yeah. and we're now supposed to believe that Davina has changed his life. And whereas previously, everything we've seen about Davina is that she focuses on Carla. Yes. Whereas last week, she was suddenly helping uh, Darren and like other special needs kids at the school. Yeah, did she do the training for this? I can't remember. I think she did go off and do, yeah, she did because she went on that course and that was when Jack slept with Steph again. Yes. Okay. And now Steph is still chatting about in France, apparently. Yes. Fundraising, mysteriously fundraising. For much things. like uh, much like Thomas Jefferson in Hamilton. <laughs> what? <laughs> he was gadding about in France while the first act was happening. Right. Okay. <laughs> I feel I feel I must out you as a Hamilton skeptic. In <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's life changing. They just rap. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's despicable, despicable. Um, speaking of despicable, uh, outside the school we see an evil businessman in an evil suit in an evil car, <laughs> scheming yes. scheming with the woman who we saw at the musical a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just one thing I, I think really is pointing out in this episode is that she's being blackmailed through a construction contract. Yeah. It's all very Tory minister, isn't it? <laughs> it's just I wanted it something to be a bit spicier, you know. Not I think what she's supposed to have done is quite, you know, spicy. But yeah, that, that, like it seems like she was involved in sex work in some way and they're yeah, gonna like bounce that. To be, to use that for your ultimate goal to be get a public sector contract to build as part of a school. Well, you know, it was going to be the Roger Aspinall Academy at one point. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Big Baps Academy. <laughs> Big Baps. <laughs> Do you remember the halcyon days of Big Baps? <laughs> that was when this show peaked. It's been, <laughs> it's just been going down since then. It makes you wonder how low it can get. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... As, as he does for a lot of this episode, Eddie is just ranting about the situation with his ex-wife. For no... And no one's listening. Like, Rachel's not listening to him. <laughs> it's, what, it's part of the problem with this, is, like, when you have one of the main characters whose personal life is not ingratiated in the school, it means you spend no time with their personal yes, life. exactly. So, so that's, that's, why, their... that's why we spend so much time with Tom Clarkson's personal life, because it's entirely school-based. Because his, his type <laughs> is just teachers. Yes, <laughs> Teachers and whether they know it or not, they're soon to be dead. <laughs> I'm um, gonna feel horrible if this ends with Davina dying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, for some reason, the moment Rachel learns that this businessman Stuart Hordley is in her office, she's really defensive immediately. How is, uh, how how would you say? Well, she's like, she's like, wait, have you made an appointment? You can't speak to me. I'm too important to speak to you. And like that that defensiveness is fine five minutes later when we work out what he wants. Mm-hmm. But this is just, you know, a man who has come to see the head teacher of a school, which is allowed, right? <laughs> You've got to be keeping your diary. Got to be keeping your diary. If he's not a parent, then what's he there for? I don't know. He could be there for any... He could be there. So imagine if he did everything he does in this episode, except for the evil scheme. 
So he's there to offer enterprise help to the kids and because he's got this job opportunity. But I think the but first obvi- kind of scene... Obviously, in the episode, we know that he only does that as part of the blackmail. But but the, the first thing he does is turn up and he's basically like, oh, I'm one of the contractors. And like, she reasonably says, I think she probably senses the idea that he's there for something. Maybe. Like, to give help with candy. It's, because, no it's it. because he's an evil businessman in an evil suit who's turned up in an evil car. Yeah, yeah, she knows. She's seen this before. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we learn that this is Stuart Hordley, uh, whose construction bid for something at the school has been rejected for being over budget. Um, it turns out that the lady we met uh, at the musical is Tess Doyle, who is his secretary. Um, she saw the picture of Rachel in the paper um, as this new superhead of the school and recognised her from the past. And now... Um, Stuart is using that to say that Rachel must endorse his beard, get it back on the table, uh, or he will out her for who she was in the past. Uh, and, mm. you know, she's gone to the extent of changing her name and all sorts of things. Yeah. Which is, again, it's just it's just a little bit, I don't know, for a construction contract. We had, you know, we had Bible bashers taking over the school, <laughs> like, 12 weeks ago. They but turned, they... in the space of one week, they turned into a, like, creationist utopia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fact that we've now just got a guy who wants a construction contract just feels a little bit like small potatoes, really, doesn't it? It certainly does. Um, so Tom and Davina are flirting on their way into the school, and for some reason, Mika is just looming behind them. <laughs> what? So Tom yes, and Davina... Yeah, 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 she is, isn't she? Oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just getting confused about the looming. <laughs> it was like she, she, it's not like she just walked past and happens to get a snippet of the conversation. She's following them directly behind the whole time they're walking down the corridor. Yeah, it was makes you think they would know, right? Yeah, exactly. Know. Although I had an experience once. So this was, sorry for how middle class this is going to sound, <laughs> um, during a kind of like three-week uh, summer camp thing during university. Um we it was basically all of these like lectures and stuff and during it um the um we had this really boring one i mean one of my friends there we were walking back to our rooms and then she was talking about i just couldn't i just couldn't pay attention during any of that it was so dull i just couldn't believe it and i knew for a fact the lecturer was walking behind us <laughs> so i was just like i was just elbowing her and it was so <laughs> obvious because she was a good like i don't walk <laughs> arm in arm with people so she's a good foot away and i'm there like Ugh. <laughs> stop it stop it and then i turn around and i'm like that was really good uh i was really interested in this part um and then that was more fine good stuff but um, at least i didn't find out anyone was trying to but what relationship is mika to tom that's what i don't understand about this right now is what is the legal framework that holds their relationship together because the girl's dad is still around yes <laughs> and the girls own the house so tom is her lodger yes that's the relationship yeah <laughs> it's it's very very strange um, and i guess i guess it's because they're both 16 and so they don't have to live with a guardian yeah yeah they can make their own kind of choices in that yeah regard, so i guess i guess that's the the framework that they want to continue to live with tom and it's their choice because they own the house and they're over 16 yeah okay but still, then they don't really have. Surely they can just go, "Don't date Davina, or you're out." They can like, really turn the whole um, the parent-child I mean, thing. As we know, cheap flats in Rochdale are ten a penny, though, so he'd have no problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, <laughs> um, so Mika is upset immediately because she still holds a grudge with Davina because of the Brett situation, which mercifully is a story I've not had to think about for. In this, like Tom just seems to know about it. 
which makes me think really like, when did he get told this i mean i i assume they just had a conversation about it at some point mm. um but then so we sort of get why mika's upset but then davina is upset for some reason about the fact this is being brought up and she later says to jasmine that she thinks that tom's using the girls as an excuse to not be with her which seems strange I think in this, the show wants us, I, I don't know, I just get this whole like slut shaming, victim blaming vibe the whole show wants to give to Davina in this whole episode. Whereas everything that happens, the show is convinced that she plays a part in why all of it happens, mm. which I just don't think is true. So they kind of introduce this kind of thing where she's like, oh, he's using these girls as an excuse. And it's just like, well, their mum did just die. Yeah. I, so I think because I think the show wants us to think that she's leading Martin Platt on. Yeah, and but so she in, isn't. She absolutely no, she isn't, isn't. She isn't. But in order to amplify that, they put tension between her and Tom. They just had to create from nowhere. Yeah, which is. Uh, but then again, like the thing that I find quite admirable, really, it's like in the episode, Tom's like he says to Mika, like you can't let that thing between her and Brett bother you. Whereas, like, what's the what's the end game for this relationship? is that Tom could live in a house where all three of the women have had sex with Brett Aspinall. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine it? <laughs> wow. So, um, Stuart has, um, he, he makes his kind of demands to Rachel, and he then schmoozes Eddie, who immediately likes him, um, Eddie invites uh, Stuart to sit in on their meeting about this key skills curriculum they've brought in um, mm-hmm. for the kids who aren't doing so well with the mocks. Um, Matt and Jasmine, who are also part of this key skills thing, decide that they want Stuart to, to do these mock interviews um, with the kids. Um, and, and, and so it turns out that Stuart's going to be hanging around the school for quite some time. Uh, the, the scene with all the kind of like the mock exams is just like really interesting where they're just like, the kids can't write, read their own names. Yeah. They can't write this. They've got two out of five. But what's really interesting is the one they kind of highlight is how they get to A to B. And it's like, they couldn't get from A to B because <laughs> they want to build a house in the way and they've drawn a house. And I was like, so these children can't spell their own names, but they have strong opinions on community house planning? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know what three plus three is, but I'm telling you, the development plan for this area is a mess. <laughs> phase, phase one was fine, but with phase two, you did not plan the infrastructure for schools, yeah. hospitals, or anything. It contravenes the local plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite quite fascinating. Like, I, exam answers that are stupid are always like fascinating. I remember once I did a science exam, and we were all talking about the questions as we left, and one of my friends, there was a question, it was like, what are the advantages and disadvantages of wind turbines and yeah. the friend had said well i didn't know what to put for disadvantages so i put they cause cancer and then <laughs> and then less than a year ago the president of the united states said the same thing <laughs> and i was like wow turns out that kid was really on a, on the road to somewhere <laughs> but i feel like that was like an old like daily mail scare story about wind turbines no, I, I remember one. I couldn't believe it because we gave that kid crap for so long about that answer, <laughs> and then the literal president said it. I remember once we've already we've already talked about my shocking experiences with uh, GCSE science exams, but in chemistry I couldn't do chemistry at all, 
And I'm going to preface this with saying that I am not a kind of like, I am not in any form of organized religion whatsoever. But like for about five of the answers in my GCSE chemistry exam, I had no idea what they were. And I was like, this will shit them up. God did it. That's why. Because <laughs> God made it that way. And then I'm like, yeah, mark me down for that. I dare you. <laughs> they did. You'll be on the front of the local paper holding the exam paper and pointing. Going, yeah. <laughs> wearing a crucifix. <laughs> yeah. E- evil off qual. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> besmirched my religious beliefs by making me do chemistry. Um, so back in the staff room, Grantley is typing on the most horrible laptop I've ever seen. It's this sort of strange bulky thing with coffee rings all over the back. It's horrible. It's filth. <laughs> but then again, I know someone who works in, I will not, not direct you to who they are so that you don't know which part of the uh, public sector is this underfunded. But they work in the public sector. The answer is all of it. (laughs) (laughs) And then they have, um, no, we have a friend who recently got given like a MacBook and stuff. Yeah, this this person does not have that. They have a laptop that looks a lot like that, but worse. And this was 12 years ago. So Rachel grabs Stuart and they go for a private word in the staff room. And when I say a private word, they go literally six feet away from where all the other teachers are. Yeah, within what we will what we will now lovingly refer to as COVID distance. <laughs> yes, <laughs> quite. It's like, oh, if, I feel like if you can transmit something that far away, they can hear you, Rachel. <laughs> um, yeah, so Mika and Brett again get moody teen music for their meetings. This time it's Machines by Biffy Clyro. That's yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I like the fact I like the phrase um, when they walk past each other. Brett says, don't worry, I'm not going to hassle you, he says, while hassling her. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a man thing, isn't it? Like, oh. And then the um, weird guy, um, Big Darren, says it later in the... <laughs> Darren! <laughs> I, refer, I refer to call anyone, I refuse to call anyone Darren Senior. Like, that's why I've just been calling him Martin Platt. <laughs> yeah, because, like, the reason, like, to me, I should just say, the reason I don't want to leave you is because you named your son after yourself, you psychopath, <laughs> and your name's Darren. If your name is Lord Tarquin, then yes, have a third and a junior or whatever. But if your name is Darren... Oh, that no, we can't top that name. We'll have to... <laughs> <laughs> I just, I've reached the peak of name. <laughs> little Daz, little Dazzler. Um, so Tom uh, apologises to Davina for something. Um, brings up Brett. She thinks he's using it all as an excuse. I don't. I just don't care. No. I want to care, but I don't care. I'm worried. I know Mr. Clarkson is like the longest-serving original cast member. I'm worried about how many sexual relationships <laughs> with teachers of his. I'm going to have to try to give a <laughs> about. Um, well, he's clearly had some influence in the school because Eddie is teaching odds by referencing Wayne Rooney. Exactly. What a time. <laughs> The football references just leapt forward a decade. Yeah, <laughs> you remember a time when Ray Rooney was like our big golden hope? I know. <laughs> One era of history that was. So Davina has received an excruciating text from Martin Platt, inviting her to come over saying, you bring the glamour, I'll bring the credit cards. Um, Jasmine is now, it seems, Davina's full-time relationship sounding board. <laughs> But at this point is when the show starts to tries to establish that Davina has given him the wrong impression. Yeah, because when they she, have not she, shown us. Yeah, they keeps she keeps saying to Jasmine, "Oh, I feel like I've led him on. I feel like I've enjoyed the attention too much." And we've listened, we've seen no evidence of that. She's, she has accepted gifts that would have yeah. been too awkward to not accept. Yeah, 
and she has always politely said thank you but no thank you yes. no to everything so i don't believe why the show is trying to tell us that she's been dangling him along no she then leaves a voicemail for him uh, saying that she's seeing someone else Stuart offers to to make the job interviews that were supposed to be mock interviews real ones um offering uh, a job to uh, the people that does well um this makes Bolton very excited. These teachers have not spent a second investigating Stuart's credentials. No. Right? So the story of the day is a man in a suit walks into a building and says he owns a construction company and therefore he would like to give interviews to students and hire them. No one person has thought, let's check this out before we allow this man yeah, near I mean, our teenagers. Li- literally the last man who came in with <laughs> an industrial background <laughs> and wasn't background checked properly <laughs> ended up running a porn empire and trying to turn the school into a religious... Religi- Religious playground. <laughs> yeah, but fine. Let's have Stuart come in and do what he likes. Yeah. Um, we're then introduced to uh, Michaela White, who's a pupil we've not seen before. Um, and you may wonder why they spend a 30-second scene focused entirely on her. Because she's in the show a lot. Um, oh. She's played by uh, Zara Abrahams, who had been on Corrie before this. Um, I thought I recognised her. Yeah, much like Martin Platt. As well? I think she did. Um, I think she's done some quite big TV things. Um, not in like major roles, but in like bit part roles. Um, mm-hmm. So you, yeah, you likely would have seen her. Um, Bolton says that her primary uh, characteristic is that she has a nice ass. Men, men. How do men. we stop men? I know that that should be the title of this episode. Is just how do we stop men? I know your other half takes offence uh, when I call Davina a goddess. Can you just show her <laughs> that clip of Bolton saying that and saying that at least I don't say that. I don't say what about Davina makes her a goddess, just that she is a floating goddess. So Davina is helping out Darren Jr. Um, in an English class. Um, he like analyzes this poem uh, relatively well. Um, Davina is pleased with him and sort of puts her hands on his shoulders and says, well done. Gives him a um, squeeze, an affectionate squeeze. An affectionate squeeze. Um, and uh, he then brings up the fact that his dad fancies her. See, I think, you know, I, I don't relate to a lot of the children in this show, but Little Darren, the how can it be a poem if it doesn't rhyme? And Davina, that's where mine and his Venn diagrams overlap. <laughs> Me and him in the middle. It's very, very quickly from how is it a poem if it doesn't rhyme to identifying the major themes of the piece <laughs> and like looking further into the, the connotations of its characters. So we get Mika and Chloe talking uh, about the fact that um, Davina and Tom are getting together. Mika calls her Davina Shagathon, which I don't think is a nickname we've had before. And it's definitely not the nickname we've had before. They haven't said Shag on here before. <laughs> Very British, Shag. It is. It is. But I think like it's so associated with Austin Powers that even yeah. we British people did not use Shag very much. Because mm. it feels like it's too cliche. Yeah. Who on the yeah. nose. Um, which is not above, uh, <laughs> it's definitely not above this show. No, um, but it, it does it does fit the pun though. Yeah, and but Mika was like saying to Chloe, um, she was looking at him like she wanted to rip his clothes off. I don't think that's true. No, I don't think he that's was holding true. a very big plant. People, people are really overstating Davina's romantic intentions throughout this episode. <laughs> yeah, they were they were walking, you know, a distance whereby it would be difficult for Tom to elbow her if he noticed someone walking <laughs> behind them. So Tom is doing the Eddie thing of wandering the corridors. Um, bumps into Darren Senior, Martin Platt. Um, Tom introduces himself as head of pastoral, which I don't think has been suggested. I think I'm, I think I'm head of pastoral. <laughs> yeah. He head of pastoral. 
So I'm head of pastoral and so is my wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, we then get this truly baffling comedy skit <laughs> as Eddie, Jasmine and Matt are doing dummy interviews ready for the real ones in the afternoon. Um, I, I don't think the word comedy really belongs in that sentence. <laughs> you see, Tom? Just skit. But the thing is, the last time they did this was when they were interviewing the girls about the dead baby. Yeah. That was the last time they did this jaunty music montage. The stakes have changed, the, the stakes are very different. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the death of a baby or a job as an office junior at a construction firm that's not going to get this contract. <laughs> so yeah, they do this thing where they bring in the kids. Michaela's main ambition in life is to get with Robert Kaczynski from EastEnders, which is a very time-specific reference. Very. He was also... Oh, what was his name? He was in Dream Team. Oh, was he? Yes. He was also in one of the latter seasons of True Blood. Because I thought you were going to go with the fact that he's in Pacific Rim. Yes, he's also in Pacific Rim. Doing a bad Australian accent. <laughs> my affection, Dream Team. <laughs> he's in Dream... I can't remember. Was it Valentine? He, he, uh, he and his brother were, were bought at the same time. Um, yeah, he was in Dream Team and then a latter series of True Blood. Uh, Ed, Eddie does another very specific cultural reference where he says, it's it's like, it'll be all right on the night. Which, Which yeah, even teen audiences in 2007 would not know. <laughs> it's like, it's like there's been loads of like Daily Mail and Express front pages where they always reference jokes from like the 50s and 60s. Yeah. And every time they do it, Twitter just goes, who gets this? No one gets this. It's the audience that still buys newspapers though, isn't it? I, I was um, very upset about... Like when I think this might be later on in the interview process when Bolton turns up in a suit. Yeah. Bolton looks more like an adult in a suit than I do. <laughs> Despite, you know, my, my relative adultness and tax payingness. I said, what do my taxes what do my taxes pay for if it isn't for me to look like an adult in a suit? In fairness, I haven't done any research as to how old the actor was. Yeah. It's it's not beyond the realms of possibility they could be like twenty-five. I reckon if you if you put <laughs> Bolton, 2007, 2008, Bolton, next to me now, people would say I was younger. Yeah, I think you're probably right. So Martin Platt makes Davina very uncomfortable um, by asking her personal questions after claiming to be wanting to know about Darren. He says, I didn't mean to pry, he says, prying. Yes. Um, he's very angry afterwards. Um, he, for some reason that we don't see, just decides that it's Tom Clarkson she's with. Yeah. Just because he briefly met Tom in the corridor. <laughs> but also, as we know from all the girls in this school, Tom Clarkson is the only attractive man here, apparently. That's true. That's true. Despite the fact that Matt walks the halls. <laughs> How has that not changed? Can we just have one entrance? Can we have one entrance where we have the kids saying to Matt as he walks in, hi, Mr. Wilding? I think they did. I think when, when he first got to the school, because he was late on that first day, isn't there a shot of Alicia and Danielle like making a comment about him? Yeah, but which one? Can everyone just accept that I just for the whole run, the whole run of this show, the only thing I want to happen is for Mr. Clarkson to just be acknowledged as not being the the sexy teacher. <laughs> um, so Darren Junior uh, tells uh, tells his dad that Davina gave him a hug for doing well in English. Um, Martin Platt immediately explodes and decides that's tantamount to being Jimmy Savile. Um, <laughs> He storms into Rachel's office, calling Davina a pervert, which we all know is Janice's line. Um, 
he wants, wants blood it. and justice. <laughs> yeah. he, and, and so he immediately goes full Jenny. He's like, once that's sacked, once that's strung up. Um, and then Rachel tries to explain the formal procedure for making a complaint. You and he hide goes, behind your procedure. You hide behind your paper. There's a predator stalking your halls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I, I just like the idea because I've been seeing a lot of these recently. The tabloids would like write this up as love struck parent devastated after not hearing back following 100 text messages. To <laughs> yeah. Assistant. Yes. So, yeah, that, this is when we see Bolton in a suit for the interview. Um, he's, he's very excited, uh, does perfectly OK at the interview and is ultimately offered the job. But then uh, Rachel says to Stuart that she's not going to... Um, not going to do what he wants, and Stuart implies that he will screw Bolton over. If yeah, because do Bolton's life is just one series of chances. <laughs> I understand what they're doing here, but the idea that he's like, I'm going to pick this child. Like, what you do is you'd go to the high achieving children and offer them and say, All right, I'm going to screw that person over. If it was Jack Rimmer, Jack would have given Bolton up to him. <laughs> yeah, Jack would. <laughs> because Rachel cares for every student, whereas Jack only cares about the ones who get their averages up. So right, this only works at this point in history. I mean, specifically, Rachel has made Bolton her project. Yeah, you know she, she did. Project. She, she did. She did all that capital T teaching in the last episode. Yeah. How do I reach these kids? Um, meanwhile, Mika says, uh, "What is it that men can't resist about Davina?" Uh, to which you've probably got an answer. Wow. Well. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, approaching twenty hours of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> back that up Mika um, um, Tom says to Mika that um, he trusts her with her boyfriends or something and therefore she has to trust him you have to trust me this man who is of no relation to you <laughs> and living in your home um, Jasmine and Davina having another one of their little um, relationship powwows um, Jasmine says oh it must be terrible how men can't help falling in love with you and I feel for Jasmine <laughs> I don't, yeah, we haven't, we haven't really got enough about Jasmine other no. than the fact that she's... She's good at football. We know that about waist, <laughs> When only shot from the waist down, yeah. she's good at football. <laughs> and she looks a bit like she might be a student at the school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I, I can relate to. Uh, Jasmine advises Davina that she just tell Tom how she feels. Um, and frankly, if more women had just told Tom how they feel... <laughs> with, this show would have half of the body count... <laughs> If people just told Tom how they bloody felt. <laughs> um, Rachel then uh, puts the allegations of, um, of, of perversion from Martin Platt um, <laughs> to Davina. Um, uh, Davina says, um, uh, this guy uh, has made advances to me. Um, she then guiltily says, you know, she, she's re- responded and might have led him on a little bit, which she hasn't. You have not, Davina. Um Rachel then basically reassures Davina and says, you know, if I've got to follow this up and if there's a formal complaint, we have to go through it. But we it will seems hide like she... this behind the procedures. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's this big procedure. <laughs> and um, when Rachel's talking to her about it, it's like she goes very Hermione. <laughs> because Hermione's like, you could have got us killed or worse, expelled. <laughs> and Rachel says, this will need police involvement and suspension, yeah. like, I think, on the grand scheme of things, going to prison, going to yeah. prison is uh, yeah. it's not as bad as being suspended. No, it is as bad. It's much worse. Um, so Davina then goes and talks to um, Darren Jr., who's outside. She offers to give him a lift, which is a bold move in the circumstances. 
<laughs> Davina, I'm on capitals, Davina, he has accused you of assaulting your son. Do not escort him to the house. He's yes. a crazy person. That is, that is a, a, a bad move. <laughs> this, he's clearly an irrational man. So yeah. the only two situations where this sets up for is him then getting even more pry, 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 or him being like, so I've accused you of inappropriately touching my son and now you're walking into my house with him. Yeah. That's just... Um, so Tom uh, speaks to Davina as she's leaving with Darren, says he's making his spag bowl. He's a culinary wonder, Tom Clarkson. Tom he's makes chili, spag-, spag bowl. He makes spag bowl. He makes foods with mints when he wants women in his bed. <laughs> it's canon. Tom... Tom cooks mints, women get in bed with him. It's a um, superpower. Davina, for some reason, kind of implies that she's going back to Darren's house to be with his dad. Uh, why did she do that? Why oh, because the writers that? need us to look guilty. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, meanwhile, Rachel makes the call and uh, gets Stuart's bid back on board, and he sort of smarms about as he's leaving. Um, so uh, He gets back in the car with Tess. Yes. At which point I say, does Tess, did she just sit there all day? <laughs> well, I guess she's his secretary, so... Yeah, but she's just sat in there. They didn't have smartphones at this point. <laughs> what was she doing? Um, so Darren Senior, um, Martin Platt, when um, Davina and uh, his son turn up, he's upstairs and he immediately starts putting on a nice shirt and aftershave when she shows up. Um and he tries to, like, nice guy his way out of the situation, and it's really unpleasant. It's like, I've, I, I know you really don't like this episode, and there's probably a lot of reasons for that, but I feel <laughs> like the uncomfortableness of this whole scene is quite good. When taken in isolation, because the episode as a whole tries to make you feel like this is Davina's fault, which it isn't, but I think in terms of, like, an isolated scene of someone, like, trying to manipulate and scare someone, it works quite well. No, I, I just feel like it's too, it's too overt, and I feel like we haven't spent enough time with it. Mm-hmm. If they did this in like two or three episodes' time, yeah, because he's making all of these like offhand references to yeah. like, I don't want to be embarrassed again. Yeah, I'm not going to be embarrassed. Women are just users. Yeah, and we have no evidence he's exactly. not spoken to another woman on this show, yeah. but you. Whereas if this had kind of bubbled under for a bit, it would have made more sense. But it's clear that they want to get to Tom and Davina. That's where they want to go. Yeah, yeah. And so it's um so yeah, Bolton comes in and gives some flowers to Rachel, which I thought was quite nice. See, um two teachers getting flowers. <laughs> Never happened in my school. Um yeah, Stuart and Tess, as you said, have another evil chat about how Stuart needs one more favour from Rachel. Um as it turns out, he he shows back up again in a few minutes and says that he needs Rachel to not only get him back on in, in the contention for the contract, but to win him the contract. Um, so then back at Darren's, um, uh, Davina uh, tells him that the person she's with is indeed Tom Clarkson. Um, he kind of blocks the door like a creep and intimidates her. Uh, Darren Jr. tries to sort of get involved and stop his dad from, from doing this. It's all very odd. It's cross-cut with Mika talking to Tom. Um, and Tom, bizarrely, encourages Mika to get back with Brett. I find that odd. As you know, he's like, well, what, 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 what him and Chloe did was wrong, but get back with him. And he's like, what? <laughs> it's like they seem to exist in a place where no other boy exists. Mm. So, like, if she wants to be with anyone, it has to be Bray. Can't yeah. be anybody else. She can't move on. She can't just like. She can't just love herself. No, no, no. She can't take time for herself. No. 
she must pursue this other person who happened to have slept with her, te- with her sister. Yeah. And her soon live-in <laughs> new stepmother somehow. Um, but... Yeah, it's odd. I understand the kind of point that Tom's making, but you know, I think his general point is you need to let go and move on. But his version of letting go and moving on is going on a date with the guy who wronged you, whereas any other person's version would be... The way he says it as well is like, oh, well, you know, probably no guy that you ever get with would, would be enough, but he'll do. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I understand that, you know, as a parent, that you might never think that someone might yeah. be good enough for your child. That makes sense. But yeah. I know someone's better than that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I exactly. know someone's better than the guy who cheated on you with your sister. <laughs> then, so Mika sends a message to Brett on their sort of instant messaging client, whatever it is. And so she baffles me because she uses capital letters at the start of sentences and text speak. Which I found I very confusing. There is a problem in this. <laughs> when she starts typing, so you see her typing it into the type box, she spells what correctly. Yeah, yes, I also noticed then this. Then she sends the message and what is spelt wrong. Yes. Mika, don't make yourself more stupid for a man. <laughs> they are not worth it. <laughs> the implication there is that she went back and went, no, 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 I can't spell it correctly. That's no. natty. Must <laughs> take it. W-O-T. What age did you become a knob and start te- um, typing correctly and not using text speak? On, like, oh, I, th- I think I was pretty much always a knob. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like you were that guy. I think I did it when I was about 16. Oh, no, it was well before that. I think when I like first got MSM, when I was like 11, 12, whatever, I probably did the, did the text speak thing. But what are you up to is it's WU2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they seem to think that text speak is just spelling incorrectly when they yeah. it's like it's a language it is a language yeah and it, it's it was about efficiency it was you know because you couldn't use that many characters when you were texting very strange very odd um so back at darren's house uh davina cancels a call from tom um darren calls her a tease um and I think the next bit's actually quite good and quite sort of realistic in that Davina tries to like say nice things to calm him down, mm-hmm. which I think something, you know, a lot of women would identify with if they've been in situations with someone who's being too persistent. Yeah. But actually the way to try and get out of it is to like say nice things. Mm-hmm. So I think that was quite good. Um, he then starts ranting about how all women are users and she's a stupid cow and he starts throwing pictures around. Um, and then he sort of cries and apologises and uh, eventually lets her leave. Yeah. and then, I, I didn't like this much. No. I, it didn't work for me. I just didn't see the point of it, really. Other than it just being the show slut-shaming Davina for an hour for no apparent reason. Yeah, I think that's... I think maybe that was part of it. Because, like, obviously the point is that he thought he read it wrong and that it was his fault. But... I think the show veers too far into suggesting Davina played a part. Yeah. I, I think if you were to do that story now, you'd do it differently. Put it that way. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, you absolutely would. <laughs> and so she just immediately leaves, which is understandable. But I did worry a little bit about Darren Jr., who's now just been left to pick up the pieces of his mad and stable Yeah, dad. yeah. At this point, I feel like she should not just say see you tomorrow. She'd be like, well, her dad, his dad has clearly got severe emotional yeah. and trauma. And he's shown that he's willing to go to violence and intimidation to do it. And you're just going to leave him there. Yeah. Darren Jr. doesn't seem to mind, though. He gives her a big hug as she leaves. Um, uh, how we got in this mess, Darren. 
So Brett goes to see Mika um, and Davina shows up like five seconds later. Imagine if they'd been on the doorstep at the same time. <laughs> Imagine Mika's thing. face. Imagine. I thought at that point that it was going to be um, like Tom was already going to have all three of Brett's lovers in his house. Yeah, they're all sat around at Christmas dinner. They're talking about past relationships and Brett just <laughs> look around the room. <laughs> um, so yeah, Mika wants to go out with Brett and she wants to pay for the pizza. Um, Davina tells Tom about what's happened with Martin Platt. He's very angry and wants to go and administer justice and stuff. But Davina says... Um, yeah, but, but, G- but Janice wasn't here this week. Yeah, so Janice wasn't there doing. to egg him on. Yeah. Uh, Davina says that she's treated Tom badly, which I don't necessarily think she has. Um, mm. she says there's a cue for his attention and that she's not earned the right to be at the front uh, and that they should take things slowly yeah. one thing we've missed here so Brett goes to Mika and they're going to go out for food it says if we're friends we, we should split the bill Yeah. and then she like smiles he should say because apparently this means something he should say we go Dutch <laughs> right um, and can we just like the the sheer level of disrespect for the great Andrew Treneman on this show? When Mika says, "I want to go out for pizza," Brett should say, "Cool, I love Italian." I love food. Italian. Yes, yes. <laughs> God, <laughs> sheer yes. disrespect. Just like, some acknowledgement that Treneman was around. <laughs> I like this episode. This is the this is why their whole next time thing doesn't work because the big emotional thing of this episode is supposed to be Davina taking you know whether yeah. we believe it or not it's her saying you know I've been moving too quickly I I want too many things too fast and actually let's do this properly let's not just rush into things because you could argue she rushed into things with Brett and Jack and now she's doing it with Tom etc and then the next time just shows them in bed together. Yeah. Apparently, like, in, in one of the more carnal scenes we've ever yes. witnessed. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Like, she's on top of him saying, that was building up for a long time. I mean, <laughs> that's going Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very, yeah. I thought it was quite vulgar for Waterloo Road, really. Um, yeah, the, and then the, ne- the rest of the next time is uh, some strange work experience thing that Janice is always on work experience <laughs> at oh, yeah, one place yeah. or another. <laughs> He's being accused of stealing something at one work experience yeah. venue. Um, and it looks like Rachel is threatening to leave the school if Stuart doesn't get the, the contract. So Something that that's... should arouse no suspicion whatsoever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in the, in the next time trailer, we can see it is arousing some suspicion. I don't, but we're supposed to believe that Rachel is a smart and brilliant woman. And the fact that she would go, this is the way I'll get this thing done, is just <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, but yes, I my take on this episode is that I'm I was really disappointed by it because a lot of the time is spent with Tom and Davina, and I just don't believe that yet. Um, it just feels like who are the two attractive single people at the school? Let's put them together. Mm. Um, so I struggle with that. And there are question marks over Tom's attractiveness. And there are question marks over Tom's attractiveness. Um, the Martin Platt scene, it kind of it felt a bit. It didn't quite work in the way I wanted it to. Elements of it I thought were well done, but there just wasn't enough build-up to it for it to work and be an emotional payoff. And I'm imagining that we will now never see Darren Jr. again. No, no. Um, so that's that was a bit of a struggle. Uh, Mika and Brett I don't really care about. Um, <laughs> so it's all uh, there wasn't much I cared about in this episode. And then I'm not 100% sold on Rachel yet. I don't feel like we've had time to... To be with her in the same no, way we were with Mr. Rimmer. 
she's a bit too normal. Jack from the get go was you know yeah. over the top, whereas Rachel's yeah they they kind of tried to veer it towards competence. I'm not really sure I'm about that. Yeah, well, there's no drama in competence, is there? No, yeah, this woman like slowly but surely improving a school. Yeah, and yeah. you know, bless Eddie, just going around going, but my wife. <laughs> <laughs> With the gritted teeth of a man who does not want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's my script this week? Oh, it's just I have to say the words "my wife" three hundred times. So yeah, this was a rough episode for me, um, as as I quote unquote super fast. <laughs> It'll be over soon. There's only hundred and seventy <laughs> left to go. We'll get there. Um, there's not much of a choice for playout songs this week. I think it has to be that Biffy Clyro track. Yeah, which is a bit somber, really. It's quite somber. I remember it was like again. It feels yeah, like an elegy for my fandom. <laughs> Just... <laughs> but yeah, I remember around about this time. This was the kind of song I'd listen to, like walking the halls at school. Quite sadly, isn't one of the lyrics? I've forgotten what it means to be alive. It's like you grew up in Cornwall. <laughs> I shake my old self sometimes. Take the pieces and build them skywards and take the pieces and build them skywards and take the pieces and build them up.